Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Talk Junkies, where tonight's going to be a very interesting night. <clears throat> we got a lot of uh, good things to talk about, a lot of things that are prevalent in, uh, in everyone's life, because I think that this year, if any year, if something's going to change with the Constitution, and some may say it's in a positive way, some may say a negative, and that's kind of what we're going to get into tonight. But uh, those are kind of the, the, the topics we're going to talk about, the Second Amendment, and no other better person to bring on the show to talk about Constitution and definitely the Second Amendment. Dan, Dan, what is going on, my man? You know, I'm just doing the same thing I'm normally doing. It's just trying to just trying to tread water and keep my head above water. You know, well, but I'm having a good time doing it. I'll tell you that. Yes, sir. Well, we also uh, we got two uh, we got two people new in the house as well. We got Carl over here in the white, and we got Blake over here as well in the black. What's going on, guys? Good, good to have e- you on. Good evening. Good evening. Hello. <clears throat> Welcome to the podcast, Talk Junkies. You both have been on Talk Junkies before. Carl, you have. It wasn't a video. Um, it wasn't yeah, a video podcast. It was audio. audio. Yeah. When yeah. we talked about uh, electrician stuff yeah. and union and union workers and stuff like that. And then uh, Blake was He's on. Made some appearances, too. Yeah. Blake was on. I think you've been on a podcast audio as well. Uh, I was, uh, yeah, one t- maybe twice tops. Yeah. And then maybe podcast number four. I think is when I was on. Yeah, so it's been a while. <laughs> it's been uh, 130 some odd podcasts. 147, if, <clears throat> if it was the fourth one. Something like that. But anyways, welcome, gentlemen. Tonight's going to be a fun uh, fun night. And first off, uh, I was texting uh, Carl a little bit, and we both looked into Dan, the legislation of the H.R. 127, and it was by a, a congresswoman out of Texas who wrote the legislation, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Mm-hmm. And the scariest part about it, and Dan, I know you'll be able to shed some light on the Second Amendment and how it shouldn't be infringed upon. Um, The scariest part about it is there's 16 pages, and I know it can be revised and they can change things of that nature, but the two things that they're going for strong on and two things that I don't think that they're going to budge on is, one, the assault weapons ban, and two, uh, having having to have a, a permit to buy ammunition. Those are the two scariest parts to me. And, Carl, I don't know if you wanted to add anything to that. No, I, I agree with what you said. Um, I know the ammunition part, that's kind of a little bit ridiculous of what we talk about, down to twenty two caliber um, in, a, in a full mag. And then same thing with shotgun ammo. As small as the, the round that you're going to get in a shotgun, the shotgun shell, it's, it's useless. You can't do anything with it. Yeah, and not, and not only that, but so there was it, deep within this legislation, and again, I know that they can revise it if it were to pass, and I think that some sort of gun legislation will pass this year with the Democrats that control the House, Senate, and you know the presidency. Uh, some scary things in there, Dan. I don't know if you've re- uh, read it or not, but um, just just a few, and I know Carl will be able to name some off as well. Is you're going to have to have insurance. You'll have to have mm-hmm. insurance. Not only do you, you'll have to. Send the government the serial number of your gun, which, you know, they, a lot of this is already already done, but you will now be required to have insurance and pay a fee for a permit to own a, a weapon. I think it's an $800 permit that you'd have to mm-hmm. initially buy just to have the gun that you already own. And not only that, but if you were to harm someone, they need to be insured for you to have that weapon just in case you were to shoot them and they go to the hospital. You now are required to have insurance through this legislation. Mm. What do That's you just crazy. That's absolutely insane. I mean, there's there's absolutely no reason for for there to be any kind of insurance requirements for any property that you own. You know, cars, any of that stuff. 
because that's that's the government legislating you having to get into a private business contract with another entity and they don't have any authority under the constitution to to you know legislate that kind of stuff you know to require me to to enter into a business arrangement with uh, another entity in order to be able to either purchase or use my own property is an absolute infringement on the use of my property. I mean, that's a fundamental, that's a, that's a basic idea of, of our constitution is the ability to own property. So Blake, you would say that it's an outdated document, right? Uh, yeah, that's what I told you. No, but what are your thoughts though, man? Because I know that you're in agreement upon like insurance is kind of something that is forced upon us. You know, I don't disagree with anything he just said. I would prefer not to have to pay for things that I don't feel like I need. You know, and I I think that that would be one of them. But at the same time, if I'm required to have car insurance, I don't think that it's, you know, something too crazy to ask for to insure. You know, have have some 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 insurance for owning a gun. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that. You know, it's, I don't think it's a bad thing is what I'm trying to get at. I, I mean, you know, how you, you have, everything else has to be insured. I mean, I think it's kind of the direction that we're headed towards, you know, at yeah. society. Well, the amount of, of gun accidents and gun deaths and gun, uh, any any type of gun, um, anytime you're involved with a gun, you know, it's it's quite a few. It's in the thousands in, the Amer- in America every year. Um, but it is a, a way for you to protect yourself. And if, and I don't know, it, that's the thing, whenever it's something like this were to pass, there's going to be a whole lot of different cases in court, um, on how the insurance is going to work. So if someone's trying to rob your house and they come in your house and you shoot them, um, so what now they're covered by your insurance, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know. That's that, that's going to be the craziest part about this type of thing. Like what, it, what would, what it would cover and would not cover like yeah. their medical expenses. What happens if they die? Do you, I mean... Yeah, where does it start and end? Exactly. You know, like a well, car. They've already, gotten to, they've already got it to where if somebody breaks into your house and you shoot them, they can they can sue you. Right. Yeah. You know, that's happened in a number of in a number of places where where uh, you know somebody who's who's in the course of committing a crime either at at somebody's home or at somebody's business, and they get they get shot or beaten or somehow injured in the course of committing that crime. All of a sudden, the person who owns that business or owns that home is on the hook for that, which is absolutely insane. So let's you know, just—I mean, let's just get down it's to this. Like you walked over to your house and tripped down the stairs because you know you've allowed months and years of moss to build up on it or slime or something like that. It's not—you know—it's nothing like that. Well, I think it, you know. This is funny. I Go think, ahead. I think in New Jersey, if someone were to break into your house, what what you're required to do by law is actually try and flee your house before before you do yeah, anything. Yeah, heard something like that. Yeah, like you can't actually try Stay your ground unless unless you're it's like a life or death situation, and then your house and holding a gun to your head. Of course, you could probably retaliate or try and protect your life. But if they come in the house and you have an opportunity to leave the house and call the police, that's what you're supposed to do in New Jersey. But anyways, that's- what is the what is the for people who don't understand what the Second Amendment is all about and what its true origins are and what it really represents, uh, status quo today, and I don't know if it's changed throughout the years, but I kind of think that our forefathers knew that times were going to change and knew that new technology was going to come out 
and we were going to be presented the situation that we're currently in, does does did they have the the best answer in what is the Second Amendment? I think they did because, you know, what they tried to do with the with the with the the Constitution was write down principles that would um, that would survive through time. So so a lot of this stuff is is very general, you know. So when we talk about um, um, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. There's a part of that that comes before it, you know, and I, I got my constitution right here. So this time I won't have to fumble with a, trying to quote it. I can, I can read it. You know, it says the, uh, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And that's the part that we never really have a discussion about <clears throat> is the, the militia, you know, and we talked about this uh, before, Paul, you know, the, the militia is an essential part of that. And, and we have been deprived of that requirement. It's, it's in Article One of the Constitution. The government, the federal government is required to arm and train and discipline the militia. And it's supposed to be each state gets to decide, you know, is it going to be males between the age of 16 and 50 or is it going to be men and women between the ages of 14 and 29? You know, who who is going to be part of the militia? But it's the federal government that comes in and says, OK, this is the equipment you're going to use. This is the this is the training scheme. And, and you know, and, and here's how your 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 discipline's going to go. This is the way that you're going to be set up in your officer corps. But essentially, the militia ends up being um, it's it under its own control for the majority of the time, unless the governor calls them up in an official capacity or the or the the president calls them up in an official capacity. They're sort of this autonomous unit that that gets to oversee what's happening in their own area. So wasn't there an instance in the United States where I know and I don't want to go too hard on militia. I really want to get down to the brass tacks of, you know, owning a weapon and, and should it be infringed to have any restrictions upon it, specifically the assault weapons ban. But there was a, a time and it was actually recently and you and I were talking about it, the Bundy, yeah, Bundy. the Bundy Ranch, right? And didn't mm-hmm. the, didn't their type of militia and I'm sure that mainstream would consider them uh, a terrorist organization, but their type of militia and their community, they stood up to the U.S. government. Right. Do you remember that that case? There was they, they, they had a couple of things. Um, the the Bundy Ranch thing was was something that they were having trouble with the BLM, the Bureau of Land Management, not the the other terrorist organization, but the Bureau of Land Management. And then they also uh, some of the Bundys went and and took over a a um, a wildlife preserve thing in Oregon. I think it was. You know, so they've had a couple of they've had an ongoing problem with the way that the that the federal government is behaving towards them. And, you know, they've been standing up right rightfully, I think, um, against that, because there's no authority granted in the Constitution for for most of the stuff that the government does, and especially not the stuff that the government's doing with respect to them. You know, the, the government has real limits on the property that it can own 
and control under the Constitution. And that is just a few specific instances outside of the the Washington, D.C. proper. You know, outside of Washington, D.C. proper, there's only a few things that few pieces of property that the that the federal government is um, authorized to own and control. And as far as their their militia is concerned, they're 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 calling themselves a militia um, because they are a citizen sort of an armed citizen army, I guess you'd say, because uh, although they're not that many of them, but technically they're not really a militia. You know, they're just some people who who have decided that um, what the government is doing is not it has no authority to do and trying to, to, to stand up against that. Fair but enough. I think one thing that, that we really got to look at and, and, and I don't, I, I also don't want to get onto the militia discussion too much because you and I covered that, I think pretty well before, but it's very hard to separate the militia issue from the essential discussion of the second amendment, because it's the two things are, are tied. And when you discuss the, the right to keep and bear arms without any sort of discussion about the militia, right? It, it becomes one of those conversations where, um, you know, Blake's position becomes very, very easy to defend, right? And I'm not picking on you or anything like that, but, but that, that right there is, is the essence of where we've, we've gotten with this, because if we're just going to talk about, um, the right to keep and bear arms, it certainly makes sense if you start looking around where, okay, well, we've got people running around with guns willy-nilly. You know, we need to have some kind of control on it. Well, the militia is that control. And once it's removed, logically what, what Blake is saying comes into play. Does that make sense? 100%. Mm-hmm. Also, okay. feel, feel free to pick on me, man. It's, it won't hurt my feelings. Well, I, listen, yeah. I, I don't want you to feel like I don't want you to feel like that. This is some kind of some kind of confrontation thing because no, because no, no, not at all. I'll not tell you all. honestly when when I discuss stuff like this with people who have an opposing view, um, I feel like I'm I'm decently well informed on constitutional stuff and I've I've looked at it, but every time that I talk to somebody who has an opposing view, I come away with a different perspective on it that that you know kind of helps ground that a little bit more and say, okay, you know what, this is a perspective that I didn't consider with all this. And there, you know, how is this addressed? So Blake, I'll go back and look at the constitution to see if it is addressed. So whenever you think of the right to bear arms, do you ever, did you ever like put it in, in into your head? And I, I never did either until I met Dan, that the fact that the militia and the right to bear arms are, are they, they go together. No, Paul, not at all. Uh, the only, you know, knowledge I have on the Constitution, I got from high school. So it's pretty <laughs> pretty limited, I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, and... You're not alone in that. Oh, no doubt. You're- I'm sure I'm not alone by any means. But, you know, I mean, it the, the two going together definitely, like you're saying, makes for some interesting conversation. Which it does, because when you start talking about gun control, like the uh, the capacity on your, on your ammunition, 22... Is, what do we say? That was the only large magazines you could have was for a yeah. twenty-two caliber. Yeah. What's a twenty-two caliber? We talked about it earlier. What's a twenty-two caliber uh, loaded magazine going to do to a fully armed government? Right. You know, with all their all the weaponry that they have, what what is, what 
what's it going to do? So that comes into what you were saying, Dan. You start taking away that, then that, now you're affecting your militia. Mm-hmm. Is how it goes kind of hand in hand. It's how I saw it. And I, I think the Second Amendment was was specifically like, and we all, we all know this, but uh, back in the back in the old days, you were allowed to have warships. There were private citizens who had warships, and the the U.S. government would actually ask them for aid and help whenever they were in other wars and stuff like that. And not only that, but that's gotten stripped away from us. But people were like, and I'm curious on your thoughts on this, but people were like, what? So just the average citizen should be able to own a bazooka or a tank or you know, an air jet plane, you know, I mean, technically yes. Right. Yeah. Because the thing is, is that the militia is there. The militia is there when it's, when it's, it's properly um, armed and trained and disciplined. The militia is there to defend the country from threats, foreign and domestic insurrections and invasions. That's what it's there for. And when, and, and, you know, when you have people who are committed to the idea of America and committed to to the land that we're on, you know, how many people do you think are going to go down and shoot up the mall? You know, that just these are your neighbors. These, I mean, these are the people that you you are are working with and living with in in a way that that we've gotten way far away from. With you know, this is a. Um, the idea that the Constitution is is founded on and tries to promote is a unified country, a unified society, and how to keep that society together. You know, it's it's essentially about um, all these different things that we can do to prevent an authoritarian government from coming in and interfering with you and I being able to interact as we please. You know. If you have a product or service that I want to, that I want to to uh, to to purchase, then I should be able to do that without any kind of interference. And if you decide that you don't want to have anything to do with me at all, there is absolutely nothing that anybody should be able to say to make that happen, right? Does that it, make sense? It's very basic, yeah. yeah. Very right. basic. So, it, it, and it's a, in the terms of in the terms of just in in. I don't want to, I mean, we, we can't, I mean, we don't have to go too hard on it, but in terms of the HR 127, if it does pass and there is an assault weapons ban, and I think everyone in America knows that there are more handgun deaths than there are AR 15 deaths in the United States yearly. And it's probably been that way for a very long time. More people are shot and killed by a handgun than any other weapon in America. I'm just confused by their logic on why they are specifically trying to target just one specific gun. And I guess all of them now, any, any type of, yeah, this would uh, uh, yeah affect all of them. Yeah, all of them. Because so I think even like on a handgun, hand, I think they said like a max magazine would be like... 10 rounds. 10 rounds, was it? Yeah, 10 rounds. So, I mean, you're affecting handguns now. So... A lot of handguns. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, when, and, and I think that's how they're trying to push it is like, oh, we're just going for the uh, the the weapons of war. When in all actuality, that's what they say to people. And they're like, oh, yeah, I can get on board with that. I can get on board with that. And most people don't read the legislation when in all actuality, they're affecting almost every single gun that's out there that you can well, buy. Well, that's how they've done They've slowly done it. You know, at first, I was reading something the other day that was talking about this, where it's like, oh, we're going to introduce a database uh, for uh, people that buy firearms. Okay. Oh, hey, we're going to introduce background checks for when people buy firearms. They're just adding little bits and pieces here and there, and this is just another chain in that, in that, in that line. So what would you say to someone, uh, to a country like Australia or other countries where – 
you know, you're, you're, it's extremely hard to own a, a gun in these places. Now, I know that in Australia they had in 1998 a buyback program is the largest in history where they basically forced their citizens to, um, you know, give up all their guns. And you see a correlation. I think the year after there was that mandatory buyback, their, their crime rate actually went up that first initial year. But ever since then, in 1999, it's been on a slow decline in the amount of homicides and violent deaths in Australia. I think it was um, down to like 0.8 out of 100,000 people die from violent crimes now in 2019 in Australia, where in America you still have an extremely high rate of people per 100,000 die. It's like right right around 4.87. And I know that... I'd be interested to see the, 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 the data behind those statistics because I would not be surprised if the Australian government is manipulating that um, because uh, people getting hit in the head with beer bottles and being stabbed is is something that I've seen a number of people bring up as as um, you know not being not being categorized properly as uh, you know a violent death. Does that make sense? Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. I think like if you look at like UK's numbers, their numbers of stabbings are at like crazy high compared to. I mean, we have guns obviously, and they don't, but. I was reading something about that. Their stabbing deaths are way higher. I mean, because that's you take their guns away, they're going to find something else to use. That would be the knife now. But it, and so my argument to that would be is that guns are guns are a lot easier to kill someone with. I mean, you just pull a trigger. As were a knife, it would be a little bit harder. You got to get closer yeah. to the person. Oh, yeah. You got so what I'm saying is deaths could occur a lot less. You know what I'm saying? But I don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, and not only not only this, but like you had the the decline in Australia from the years 1995 to up until 2020. But that's almost any country you look at, and these are from MacroTrends.net, and even in Canada, like it just from 1990, it's you know for some reason in 1990 people were getting killed like crazy, and now just recently maybe because society and technology, it's slowly going down in every country. Not just I don't know, it's just kind of weird. Well. In the United States, remember, in 1990, we were coming off the crack ep- epidemic, or we were in the middle of it. So, you know, that was our government helping us out with violent crime right there. But, um, you know, the I think the, 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 thing, the thing is, is that, is that it's important to, to look at all these other countries and, and understand one essential fact that, that differentiates anything that happens anywhere else in the world from America, okay? America is the free world. We are the only free country on the face of the planet, period. Every other country on the face of the planet is an authoritarian government. doesn't matter whether they call themselves a democracy like, you know, England and Australia or whether they call themselves a communist dictatorship like China. You know, it's all the same. Every single one of them has a top-down thing. Here in the United States, they've been pushing us in that direction for years and years. And in order to be able to do that, one of the essential things that they have had to do is destroy our society, destroy our associations with each other, and make it so that we have to appeal to the government for, um, you know, for permission to interact, right? Just look at just look at all the different things that have happened and and how there are more and more obstacles 
between us interacting fully, right? If you and I decide, if you and I decide that we've had a disagreement and the best way for us to settle this is to go out and fist fight in the middle of the street, you're going to get arrested and I'm going to get arrested. And that doesn't make any sense. Right. We made the, we made the decision we were going to do that, right? Here's, here's the, here's the thing. You say you loaned me $50. I say you didn't loan me $50. I don't know what happened with it. I don't know why this whole thing's going on, but you know what? We'll go out and we'll fight it out in the street and that'll be the end of it. How about that? Nobody's going to get their $50. We're going to forget about the whole thing, but you know, we'll solve it. (laughs) Okay. You know, if that's our decision, then who, who has, who has a right to say anything about it? I mean, maybe our wives do or, or, you know, but outside of that, nobody's being affected by it. And, and each one of those, each one of those steps that comes in where the government is in, is interjecting itself into our relationships as a breakdown of our society. You know, government is not part of society. Government is an other thing altogether. And it, you know, it makes it anti-society. It makes you wonder, though, um, the amount of gun gun control if it were to pass this year. And you know that they're, in in my opinion, they're about population control because they say population is getting out of control. Um, why would they want to do gun control if it were actually helping them control the population, right? And and I know that sounds crazy because you got to think about it. Deaths by suicide in in in, uh, in the United States in 2014, 21,000. 22,000 in, mm-hmm. in 2015, 22,016, 23,017, 24,018, and it's pending for 2019. Those are just deaths by guns by suicide. So it, it makes you wonder what their true agenda is if guns truly are killing people. And, I, and I'm not saying that that's all that they do because they do protect anywhere from 60,000 to 2 million people per year in any type of interaction, whether it be an assault or someone trying to do an armed robbery and stuff like that. Um, it just makes you wonder what their agenda is. If, is it truly population control? Because if that's the case, then they wouldn't make any sort of gun legislation. Right. They just keep bumping it up and just let it figure itself out. Yeah. Because it's it's essentially it's not about population control. It's about it's about just control. Yeah, they want to decide what portions of the population live and die, because there are people that they can keep at at a at a depressed level where they fe- they have suicidal ideations, but they're still productive. And if they can do that, then they get what they want. You know, so it's not it, it is about controlling the population, but it's about making sure that they don't end up with a whole bunch of useless people. Yeah, you know, they've got to have they've got to have a population of people that can be controlled and then who are useful and productive. That's what Bill Gates said, man. He was interviewed. I forget. He was interviewed this. I don't know exactly when it was, but there, she was like, what are the benefits of the vaccines? And if you wanted people to invest into your vaccines, what would you tell them would be? Um, how would they make their money back? And he says they would, he's like, I've made my money back 20 to one since I've invested over $10 billion into vaccines because it saves people, saves people's lives and they're able to be productive in the workforce. And that's how he gets his return is, you know, they're most likely not going to get polio in South Africa. So now they're able to work and now he's going to make his money that way. Right. Except for the fact that that the polio vaccine is killing people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not you, the, know, you know what you I'm know, saying? It's killing people in Africa. You know, right. The, the, that's that's why they've been enjoying testing all these things in Africa because essentially they they want to keep that population under control as much as possible. 
they, they, you know, the, the, the globalists are fine with destroying as many people in Africa as they possibly can because of the resources down there that they can suddenly have under their control. Yeah, it's also about resources, too. (laughs) Dan, I was curious. uh, Something like this H.R. 127, it would be at the federal level, correct? Would be your understanding? That's the the upside-down thing about it, is that, that, you know, the the way that the Constitution is written, there's all these restrictions placed on, you know, obviously placed on the federal government. Right. But those restrictions, those restrictions go all the way down to the local level as far as the Constitution is concerned. And what's happened is our government, we've we have allowed them to flip that so that now any federal legislation is like automatically descends, automatically comes down. Well, for the states have to claw their way back up against it. I just want to speak to what Carl said, because whenever Biden came into office and, you know, he's signing all these executive orders and I think. Um, specifically what we're talking about is you see that Biden, he did the $15 an hour minimum wage, but that's only going to apply to federal employees. It's not going to happen on a state level, only federal employees. He also made it a mandate that you can't say China virus, but it's only in federal buildings or on federal land. So we were kind of curious if the legislation were passed for these guns, would it just be on the federal level? And I think that that would be by state. It wouldn't be just by like by drugs. F- we were talking about like marijuana. It's still illegal at the federal level. Colorado, you know, Missouri's get medicinal. Um, so at a federal level, yes, it's still legal, but at a at a state level, they're not going to stop you for it. I mean, if you exceed the certain amount that they've set forth. So if this were to pass, which I don't think it would at right now, um, there are zero co-sponsors on this bill, by the way. Would it's just a, it's just a one man operation. It's one lady, uh, one lady operation. Sheila Jackson Lee. She's a Democrat oh, out of God. Texas, of all places. Which kind of blew my mind that a Texan is proposing this, <laughs> but uh, um, so so could a state be like you know like again like drugs weed, um, you know like Missouri right now where we live, um, they're working their way to uh, make it legal at the state level, um, so could the same thing be said for gun legislation if they wanted to because like was it last year or the year before we just lifted our uh, conceal and carry, you don't have to have a permit to conceal and carry anymore in Missouri. I mean, you're still doing it anyway. Nobody's going to stop you. But so could something like that happen also? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the thing to, the, the, the essential thing to remember with the Constitution is that the Constitution is a contract between me and you, right? This is our contract and our understanding of the governments that we're forming. It's a contract between the people of the states. The states are not parties to the contract. The states or at our whim. You know, the states don't have an authority aside from what we have granted them. So everything that's mentioned there in the in the um, Constitution with regards to the states is either restrictions that are placed on them as far as as far as the entire union is concerned, or the the um, or the 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 leaving aside of certain authorities to the states based on what we decide in our own states. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm th- I think that's an essential piece that, that, that so many people miss about the Constitution is, is you know thinking that the states are somehow party to it, so the states get to say, and it's like, no, you and I are the parties to the contract. So when we start talking about things that are happening within that framework of, you know, of, of what the government is, not, is and is not allowed to do, 
you know, this is, this is our agreement. And when it comes to fighting against the federal government infringing on that stuff, we go to the state, not, you know, not begging the state to do something about it. We go to the state and say, Hey, listen, we're not doing this state. Yeah. You know, that ain't happening. You know, you guys don't have that authority and you're not going to allow the federal government to do it either. Right. Which Missouri has done. We've talked about it before, but Missouri actually is close to passing legislation. I think it has to pass the Senate and maybe the governor. I don't know how that works, but, and again, it shouldn't work that way, but Missouri is trying to pass legislation where we wouldn't comply with any type of federal regulations uh, on guns. That's what I was going to ask about too, was I saw that the other day as well, that they were trying to just have no sort of regulations. Yeah, Missouri last year, we we had Pat from Truth Money Freedom come on the show, and he's been very avid on the situation that's unfolding right now with Missouri gun legislation. I think it in January it passed in the House, so now it has to pass in Senate. And if it passes in Senate, I think it has to pass one more level. I I, I don't know. I, sh- I should know. And then the governor signs it into law. Yeah, or- which at that point, yeah, if, if Biden comes out with this, if this H.R. 127 passed, Missouri wouldn't comply with any of it at all. That's why I like Missouri. Yeah, and I, th- I think too the essential difference that we're talking about with this bill and and uh, the things that Biden has done is Biden is doing that by executive order, right? And so his, his authority under an executive order has to be attached to legislation, and it only goes as far as the people who are under his direct control, which would be the federal employees. So so that's why he's limited on it. But as far as the legislation is concerned, basically, you know, it ends up being that that. Because of what we've allowed to happen, the federal government passes a law, and then the states, you know, we have to go Adopted. to our states and say, oh, I don't like this. But the the, the, the problem ends up being that, that, that they pass so many bills, and these bills have so much BS in them that, that it gets passed, and we have to – we are dealing with the repercussions of that face-to-face before we even know that it's, that it's a law. You know, they could pass a law tomorrow saying that that you know every every car that's made that that was made before 2010 has to be taken off the road, right? Because the Green New Deal. The, <laughs> say that again. Because the Green New Deal. Right. So they they come out with that legislation, and and you and I don't know it because hell, the bill's five thousand pages long. Nobody's read it, but you know. The people who are pushing that agenda go to the particular bureaus and agencies that will enforce it, and they tell them, here it is, go do this. And you and I don't have an opportunity to know about that until we've been pulled over and they say, you know what, your your car is too old. We're taking it. It's like, wait, hold on, what? And that's never been the way that it was supposed to be. It's never been a situation where we have to claw back stuff from the federal government. They have to like the fourth amendment, they've got to show, they've got to show all their stuff up front before they come and, and do anything. So Blake, I'm kind of curious, man, on your, on your thoughts on, um, just to, just to bring it back a little bit on gun legislation. <laughs> it's space too. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm on, I'm no, not, fine. That's dude, fine. I'm curious. Cause like whenever yeah. we talked about it, like it's, it's an engaging conversation, man. Like you have Sometimes. us three right here. Like we were obviously, we're, we're all strong minded that the government should be allowed to have any restrictions on guns. And I'm just curious on why you think otherwise. And, and the way that you put it, man, and, and I know that how you said it earlier and how Blake maybe have came to that conclusion, I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm just curious. I, you know, I'm not a big gun guy, you know, and I just, I don't, I don't, and 
in my eyes, see an issue with um, overseeing, monitoring, regulating, you know, things that can essentially kill people, and they do kill people. And I'm not saying that there aren't other things that kill people by any means, but, I mean, that's one thing where it's pretty easy to kill people. I mean, you could run somebody over in your car, I guess, and, you know, but you have to have a license and be properly insured to do that. Uh, I mean, you don't, I guess, but they ask you to be, you know, so it just doesn't seem all that out there to request the same for something like that. I feel you. I have no issue with anybody owning guns. <laughs> you know, I might I know that I just myself one day. I was just boggled, man, because in, because you had asked me, you're like, well, why not? And I was just like, I just don't want the government in my business. You know, they're I just, already in your business, Paul. I know, man, but why why take it one step further? Why not take it ten steps backwards? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean <laughs> honestly though, you know, just get him out of all your business. Yeah. But I mean I'm I'm not saying it, it it's it doesn't affect me, and that's probably part of why I could you know, I'm not, I'm not so pro you know, gun rights. I don't have an issue either way. I mean I don't see why it's uh, just you don't see crazy how it's infringing upon people, basically. I mean, Paul and I talked about it. I I just feel like the 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 infringement from the the <clears throat> Constitution. It is you know it is, like like Dan said. It's it's was set up to be something that could be last long term. You know, so it was a very vague statement uh, that could be easily misconstrued, in my opinion. Not that it is. But I'm just saying, you know, there's there's parts of it that are very unclear that, you know, that could be interpreted, interpreted to 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 favor one side or the other. Honestly, it could probably be interpreted to favor both sides. So, well, I, I will have to take a little bit of an issue there with 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 something that you said. The Constitution is not vague. It only appears to be vague when you read when when pieces of it are read separate from everything else. You know, when you pull just one piece of it out and you read it as if it stands by itself, then there's there's vagueness to it, right? Yeah, I get what you're saying. And like you right. said, when you put the two together, though, you know, a well-regulated militia, it's like, you know, does it go on to talk about the regulations of a well-regulated militia? I mean, and more often than not, people just, that, that whole part gets kind of left out, you know? Like when you talk mm -hmm. about the Second Amendment, I'm just like, right to bear arms. That's that's all it is. You, I can have a gun. I can have fifty guns. I can have a tank if I want a tank. So, right, and that's that's why I was, that's why I mentioned about what what it says. One of the one of the requirements that's placed on Congress. This is a requirement that's placed on Congress, not onto the president, not onto the the court system, but it's placed on Congress to to arm, equip, and and train the militia. That's a requirement that they have that has not been upheld. You know, one of the many requirements that's placed on them that we have not enforced. Do we not have that though? Like in the government, is that not like a like 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 the army reserves or the yeah? Is that not like something like that? Could they, they could they consider that a well regulated militia? No. It would those be a, those a guys people. those guys are are they're serving. They're they're being paid by the army. They're enlisted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so those guys, those guys are not the militia and cannot, could not be construed that way because 
they're already they're already um, enlisted. The militia is is all of us, you know, taking responsibility for the the defense of our own homes with the cooperation um, and with the cooperation and and um, planning of the people around us, right? And and also in a manner, you know, when we talk about discipline, also in a manner where there is a hierarchy. You know, we have an officer corps. Now, how that ends up, how that ends up playing out, you know, is is you know subject to to interpretation and what what actually works. But we have that whole thing. It's already it's it's when you incorporate when you do the militia, it is it is a citizen military that's prepared to act for defense and to repel invasions. But it's also there to make sure that like what's happening down in, in Texas, that if there was something that, that we could do to do that as the militia, we're able to, to react to that, you know, or the, what's going on at the border, right? Because we don't have a militia, because we don't have a real militia, South Carolina doesn't have a, a way to react to that threat, right? when we essentially should, because it does affect us. Right. So what, so what would you say to people who like we've progressed time has came on, there's no need for a militia because we have the army reserve. We have, if something were to happen, uh, like in effect with, um, with hap- what happened in Texas last week, we have FEMA, we have government that can, uh, print as much money as they want and put that in, to Texas, you know, our people raise money. You have GoFundMe's. There are other ways to help those 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 places that are in need. What would you say to that? That maybe we've progressed technologically to where we don't need a militia, or is it? I th- I think I think we've we've progressed to the point where where the militia the need for the militia has increased because. Um, the technological connection that we have can't replace the the human connection that we need to make all that stuff work. Um, you know, there's there are so many things. The depth of 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 what has happened to our country over the past 150 years, the depth of the destruction that's happened to our country over the past 150 years, is is hard to 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 fully explain. I mean, we've had the breakdown of the family, you know, we've had the breakdown of our society and now we're, we are, we are governed not only by an authority, but by an increasingly authoritarian government, but we're, we're also governed by a, a corporatism, you know, that, that is taken away the individual choice that we have of dealing with people on a one-to-one basis. You know, the, the, to give you an example of, 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 one of the massive changes, you know, we, we uh, had a, a massive industrialization of the United States. And prior to World War II, right, World War II was a huge change in the United States. Prior to World War II, there were more than 150 automobile manufacturers in the United States. Now, by 1980, there were three. 
And all that ended up happening was not that those guys stopped making quality cars. It was that these other companies were able to exert through government influence. They were able to exert enough pressure into the market to push these other quality car manufacturers out of business. You know, and so anytime that you have a centralized system going on, you have the danger of the individual being lost and power being consolidated, whether it's economic or political or military power, you have that consolidated power that, that just results in authoritarianism. Very true. That's the only way to look at it mm -hmm. because the constitution is about the individual. Yes. Right. It is about it is and it and here's the great thing about it is it's it's it is about the individual and it's about protecting the individual from the government but also allowing us to protect ourselves from each other. Right? Because if you and I have a disagreement, Blake, you and I disagree about about um, gun control, right? Okay? Now, we can sit there and we can have our argument and our disagreement and we can we can say you know, all these different things. But if we both accept that the Constitution of the United States is the contract that we've agreed to abide by, right, now we have a place where we can go and we can look at it and and hopefully come to some kind of agreement, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, so we so we stop and we look at it and I say, okay, Blake, all these all these things that you want to legislate, I don't see anything wrong with them. I don't agree with them. But the Constitution says you can't do that, right? What it does say is that you can find other people who share your same viewpoint and change the Constitution. Not elect people to make changes legislatively that are, that are not allowed by the Constitution, but instead find enough people who agree with your perspective and say, we need to amend the Constitution so that we can start putting these regulations on this stuff because we don't have a militia now. Right. We don't have a militia. We obviously don't need it. Right. So we'll just do an amendment. Does that make sense? I definitely get what you're saying. Yeah. OK. So, I mean, so 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 that's the thing that that is so amazing about this is that you and I are not only protected from the federal government, but in the state and local governments as well. But we're also protected from each other. And this is right. what we talked about last podcast. And then a lot of people, if they were actually to open up the Constitution and read it and understand it for what it is we would understand that that's the type of power that we have and that that power has always been there. We just never knew how to use it, but it's always, it's always been in our back pockets and enough people who realize that if we got enough people to say, Hey man, like car insurance isn't, it's not legal. Like we don't, our personal property tax, sorry, on our house or, or any type of personal property tax. If everyone tomorrow knew that uh, what the constitution truly was and said, Hey, we're not okay with personal property tax. It would be gone. It would be done. It would be overwhelmingly passed by the people for sure to not get to not have personal property tax, and we have the right to I would do, definitely to be do on that. Board, so. Yeah, through the Constitution, that's the craziest part. We just don't know. Most people don't. Right. Well, I was looking at something real quick, Dan. You you could probably a little more light on it. I was reading something the other day about a Supreme Court case. I think it was actually back way back in 1832. So those rulings that they rule on a lot of these cases. That, that's basically how it's going to be set as far as law goes. The case that I'm talking about, they ruled on a Second Amendment issue where the Supreme Court came out and said that, yes, it, it, what you're saying is, is fact. The Second Amendment is there for the individual to own firearms, and that can't be infringed upon. 
So since they've ruled that, can they even pass this law technically? Since the Supreme Court's already ruled on a case such as this? That's the, you know, and that right there is one of the things that, you know, that is, for lack of a better term, that is the circle jerk that we've been drawn into. Yeah. Okay, because the federal government saying what the federal government can do and leaving <laughs> us out of the loop is totally, that's bananas. Yeah. The, you know, one of the other things that's really essential to understand is, is you know, we have the executive, we have the legislative, and we have the, the judicial branch. Now, of those three, the, the, the Article 3 that talks about the judicial branch is, is pretty short, right? And the reason that, unfortunately, the reason that it was that short was because basically there was an understanding of the way that things should, basically, we need, need to leave things running the way that they are now. And because they didn't put it into words and say um, some very specific things, there was a lot of people who looked around the world and said, hey, England does it this way, so let's do it this way, without ever taking the time to understand that English common law has no place in America, period. The, the, the system of case law and precedent is, is not applicable to America. It just doesn't fit in our judicial system. If you read the, the preamble, and this is one of the things that, you know, if y'all take the time to read the Constitution sometime, one of the things that I've found that, that has been very helpful to me is, is anytime that I'm reading it over and I need some understanding of what it says, I read the preamble. And the preamble, one of the things it says in there is to establish justice. That's the purpose of the Constitution, to establish justice. So if I need to understand what the courts are supposed to be doing, establishing justice if we're going to establish something that means it didn't exist prior we're bringing something new to the table so if i'm not going to look to the english court system for clarification on how we're supposed to do things in america that's not establishing justice because that existed prior to america right prior to the constitution so we're going to do something different right yeah I mean, that's my take on it. I'm not saying that I'm right. I'm saying that as I'm reading through this thing and, and looking at all this stuff, I'm saying, okay, here's what the purpose of the Constitution is to establish justice. So how are they doing that? One of the things that they do in there is they establish that the jury is the supreme judicial authority in the United States. The Supreme Court is a jury. Right yeah. now it's nine people, but it used to be 12. Right, And so this jury and actually i think it started out as six and they moved it up and down but um you know so this this jury is the one who decides and the jury decides both law and fact so you bring a case we have a disagreement you and i have entered into a contract and we have a disagreement about that contract so we take it to court we present all of our evidence and and the the jury decides what's happened and the jury's not restricted with with what they can do with that you know they could say dan you know your actions under this are so egregious that we think you've committed a crime you entered into this contract under false pretenses based on what you've told us right so so you have stolen all of this stuff and not only do you need to pay this back but you're going to have to pay an additional amount and if you refuse to do that then you're going to be incarcerated until you change your mind. Yeah. 
Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's so basically that looking at previous cases doesn't mean anything when they're introducing new legislation. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. it's especially especially when you consider that the con the, the constitution is a contract between me and you. Right. Right. To accept that, when you look at that, you may say, I agree with that decision, but do you accept being bound by that decision? Because right. you know, this is this is our contract, and it's great that the that the Supreme Court agrees with me. But you know, it's that sort of like uh, case they agreed upon, but m- maybe not down the road. Right. Well, it's it's sort of like it's sort of like. Um, do either one of y'all have kids? Yeah, all, we all, all of us do. Yeah. <laughs> so so <laughs> you know, it's sort of like it's sort of like you and your wife agree about something, and and you've made this a, a, a law. You've decided that this is the law of the house. And your kid comes over and agrees with you, and you're like, "That's great. I'm glad you agree with me." But it doesn't it matter <laughs> because that is what the law is going to be, yeah. right? Yeah, that's a so perfect example. So you don't get a choice in it, and that's that's the 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 thing that I think is is essential for us to understand is that we are the parents, not the government. We are the parents. We are the ones who make the decisions and and the choices. And we've gotten far away from that, and we talk about it every single time whenever you come on the show. And hopefully, you know, just having these types of conversations can bring people back to what is the Constitution. Mm-hmm. And I, I, maybe we're too far gone past, and I know we talked about it again last last time you were on the show, but do you have something? I'm just listening to you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know, man. It's just it's all crazy, and, I mean, every time that we talk, it's just very it's very empowering, man, because to know that – we have this again, like I said, at our disposal, that's the biggest thing. And all we have to do is just put it into play, put it into action and everyone doing that at the same time. And then we take back control. Well, something Dan said earlier kind of resonated with me is that it, it's, it's backwards a lot of time where they'll pass things. And then as the little guy, we have to fight to change it back. You know, you said it goes down to local and the local state, it's got to work its way back up. Like you said earlier, you know, I'm, I'm an electrician, union electrician. Missouri tried passing right to work a few years ago. They just went ahead and signed it and said, hey, this is how it's going to be. Well, for a union guy, that's not ideal. Um, we won't get into details about it. But so they just passed it. So we had to go and get like, I think we ended up getting like 90,000 signatures to be able to put it on the ballot for Missouri to be able to, to have our peers vote on it. So to your point, Dan, like you were saying earlier, they just, boom, as a flick of a pen, this is how it's going to work. And as a little guy, we had to go out, get signatures, talk to friends, talk to neighbors, uh, talk to random people at the supermarket and say, hey, will you sign this to fight for me? You know, so to that point, I mean, it, when you said that, I was like, yeah, I understand what you're t- where you're coming from when you say that we have to fight as a little guy. So it still works. The Constitution is still embedded in us and the, and, and the union understands that. And that's they use that to their advantage. Because, well, and that's only Missouri, though. I think, well, I shouldn't say only Missouri, but I know the reason we were able to do it because in Missouri's, I don't know if you call it their, each state has their own set of rules or its miniature constitution, if you will. Um, somewhere in there, there's a clause that Missouri allows you to do that to anything. So something they just want to put into, into law. Uh, well, be, if, if you disagreed with something, if you got enough signatures and presented it and they verified, they have to verify every signature. But if you were to do that and it passed, then they can put it on the ballot, and then you can everybody can go vote on it. But but again, to your point, Dan, that's I agree one hundred percent that the you know it works backwards. Little guy has to fight to 
get what's ours. Right. And if you really think about it, you know, if you take just, just a step back and you really think about it, that's a dictatorship. You know, oh, yeah. you know, I, I know that for me, I've always been educated that a dictatorship is this one guy standing up there. But a dictatorship is really any any situation you find yourself in where your actions are being dictated to you. Right. So you can have an elected dictatorship like they did in, in, in like, you know, they did in the USSR. Or or they do in some of these countries like Australia or England. You know, they've got an elected dictatorship because it's just essentially the government saying, okay, here's what you have to do now. It's like, no, yeah, it's not what I have to do now. But most people don't know that, man. That's the, that's the scariest part about it. Mm -hmm. People aren't taught that again, whenever you're in, when you're in high school, you learn about the constitution, but not truly the type of conversation that we're having here or the type of conversations that we've had before. You know, it's just very vague. Like you pointed out, it's vague in the in the fact that when you're taught it, it's just not taught well enough. You know, and my sister's a teacher, and the, the things that she was telling me today is very scary, man. It's very, very scary what's being taught in schools. It's, uh, it's one thing that's going to just continue the divide in our country. And it's just on top of not learning the, the Constitution the right way, just the other things that are being taught and brainwashed to our children, is it's just astronomically... Uh, in favor of the federal government. Mm-hmm. They were, uh, when I go to and from work, when I'm not listening to, to talk junkies, yeah. uh, there's a talk, another talk show on the local radio that I listen to, and uh, one uh, segment they had up was talking about the Constitution, actually, and how it's taught in school, and there had tons of teachers calling in and be like, yeah, it's kind of broken. You know, they, they touch on it one year, uh, and I think probably when all of us went to school, we had to pass the Missouri and the U.S. Constitution test. Yeah. But even those. Well, yeah, so those, and then you pass it, and then nobody gives a shit anymore. Yeah, you just learn what it says. Right. Yeah. Learn what it is. Well, so what they're saying now, that they had a teacher call in, I don't know if if she knew anything about it, but they said that uh, they have to pass the the nationalist test. Yeah. So, like, as an immigrant comes in, they have to, you know, be nationalized. Uh, They have to take that test, which I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Dan, is it a little more in-depth than what we would actually take? The tests are harder for people who are trying to become an American citizen. Right. So they're saying schools are starting to give that test out on top of the other two. So I don't know if that's, you know, maybe a little better, maybe a, a small step. Put it to you this way. Like my, my sister had told me that after the Capitol riots on January 6th, they were told to teach about it the next day. The next oh, day. Wow. The next day. How could you possibly do that with not all the facts and information? Right. You're... You're just reporting what the news is telling you. Yeah. And that's just the... The next day, man. <laughs> that's where we're at. <laughs> the circle jerk that Dan said. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes no sense. I know. <laughs> love, love me a good circle jerk, man. Yeah. <laughs> God, that's bad. Yeah. Well, I'll leave you with one last question, Dan. I, these these two get out of work early in the morning. Carl's got to be up in, at 4.30 in the morning. Oh, we keep going. You said you had other stuff we... Want to touch on, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, if you if you're down, I mean, no, I don't know. I got energy now. Yeah, I'm. I'm oh, now listen, Carl, don't be don't be wishing that on yourself because Paul will tell you, I'll talk now. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep I'll keep him on this thing for hours. Yep. I won't even go to bed. I'll just go and wire some shit up. You know, when I go to work, I got electrocuted today. It's fine. I'll do it again tomorrow. <laughs> it was a small little zap, one twenty. Just woke me up. Yeah, you just do that tomorrow, it'll wake you up, you'll be good. Really it is. It's like just a drink of Red Bull, huh? Right, just shove a fork in an outlet and boom, good to go. Yeah. Who needs the coffee? 
<laughs> so, uh, uh, okay. I, I, if, well, if Blake's good with it, I mean. I've got a little bit of time. Yeah. <laughs> I think my kids are sleeping. So. Oh, mine are dead asleep, yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping that mine are. So the question that I wanted to just that, that I wanted to ask you, and it kind of definitely went a different way, but uh, towards the end. But what would America be like without guns? Like if this if this bill were to pass, and we couldn't own assault weapons, and you could only have a ten round magazine, and if I accidentally sell Carl ammunition and I don't call my attorney general and tell him that I'm <laughs> giving him ammunition, it's a fifty thousand dollar fine to a hundred thousand dollar fine like minimum 10 years in jail to 20 years in jail for me giving carl ammunition what type of world would we live in or, or what type of america would we live in sorry if if all we had was handguns and then you know once once they get that they're going to take the handguns there's going to be it's inevitable yeah. piece by piece what type of america would that be would we turn into china oh yeah we we here's the thing is that is that America is the future. When America came into existence, it was a it was a a brand new thing that has never been seen in human history before. There has never been a situation where the people have really fully controlled their government like what was set up here in the United States. The Constitution of the United States is the single greatest political document that has ever been written in human history. Period. It is it is every good idea of Western civilization condensed into a single document. It's like <clears throat> individual rights, ownership of property. You know, Paul and I talked about this before, about how the Constitution of the United States places you and I on the same level as kings, nobles, aristocrats, and dictators in other countries. We do things that nobody else on the face of the planet can do, right? Yeah. Everybody else on the face of the planet has privileges that are granted to them under specific circumstances by their government, and those can be taken away at any time. Yeah. Those, those rights were recognized by the Constitution as being ours, and over, you know, over the course of the, of the history of the United States, these authoritarians from outside of the country have, have been clawing away trying to get those rights, get that power back away from us. Right. Well, so it's really, you know, it's, it's like if, if, if I've been telling people this, this kind of may sound a little dramatic, but I've been telling people, you know, if, if something happens to the United States, it's a thousand years of darkness and slavery is what we're looking forward to. Yeah. I think you might've said on the last podcast I listened to. Well, like to Paul, Paul's question, you know, the country wouldn't be where it's at had it not been for guns, you know, from the revolutionary war, uh, civil war, any war that was fought for our freedoms with guns. I mean, what else was used, you know? So we wouldn't even be where we're at without them is Mm -hmm. my point. Whenever he brought that question up earlier, um, that was my first thought at least, um, that we just wouldn't be where we are. You know, we fought for our freedoms. The British came over. We fought. They wanted to take back what they thought was theirs. And we said, no, this is how it's going to be now here in America. You know, we're, we're, we're separating from you. This is how we want our citizens to live. And that's how it's going to be is, is mm-hmm. how I view it, you know. And so I think, yeah. Yeah. Where'd Paul go? Did he leave us? He had to go potty. 
I definitely think it'd be yeah. a lot different uh, just initially. I mean, obviously, I have no idea how it is in these other countries with the, you know, the more exercised gun legislation. Um, and like, you know, like you alluded to earlier, that uh, stabbings were on the rise. You know, people are always going to find other ways to be violent, other ways yeah. to kind of, um, you know, try to express power over another. Um, uh, it just would be to, to, to go from, you know, where we're at now, where we, we do have a, a fair amount of freedom and what we're able to have, you know, to, to not having that freedom would 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 definitely be a dramatic you know shift it wouldn't be anything that it wouldn't be unnoticeable in my opinion mm-hmm. well like paul you, you were talking about australia or the, the buyback uh, i was telling paul dan that i think J- japan you can own i think a handgun but their stipulations as far as their regulations on it like i can't remember if it's like monthly or quarterly yearly or how it works but they are able to just come into your home unannounced and mm-hmm. check on the status of your firearms. Is it being stored in the safe that they want you to store it in? Is it, are you doing what you, they want you to do? You know? Right. So how long till they throw a legislation like that for us? You know, it's a 19 page document. So you want, you could read this document fairly easily. Um, but who's to say they won't add it on the next one, or, or just embed it somewhere deep inside another five thousand page? No, they couldn't do document. That, you know? that would be that would be huge. That would be huge. Oh yeah. Do. Well, and the thing is, is that is that what you're talking about is exactly what they've been trying to implement here. You know, because I mean, it's this this is is this is no exaggeration. We are the only, we are the free world. Yeah, America is the free world. There is no other country on the face of the planet that is not under an authoritarian government none every single every single country has every single government around the 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 world has the same situation going on with japan they just don't necessarily implement it but they can at any moment right at any moment the government of australia the only reason they didn't say we're confiscating guns is because they said you know we're going to get some resistance to that so we'll do a buyback right they, but they now they're selling enough, different shit Right. Now they've done enough of it where if they decided to confiscate it, confiscate all the guns, who's going to oppose them? Not right? a militia because they can't have one anymore. Right. The only people that are going to oppose them would be criminals. So the so the people who actually legally own guns are going to be lumped in with the criminals. Yep. Well, I would I would almost go as far to say that I, I agree with you that we are we're the, the freest country in, in the world. But, I mean, we're slowly losing that. Honestly, and I don't know how I don't even know if that's really even a true statement anymore that we are the freest country because you look at what's happening right now, especially with COVID-19. And I know that that happened worldwide with the, with everything that had happened. And was it justifiable? Who really knows the truth behind it? Um, but if you stick with mainstream media and, and, you know, then it was it was justifiable. But it's still continuing. They're talking about mass mandates into 2022. They just re- uh, lifted uh, restrictions here in Kansas City to where they lifted all restrictions in Jackson County except for social distancing and mask mandates. So restaurants are still only 50, 50% capacity a year later. How free are we? Is the, are we have we entered the authoritarian uh, dictatorship already? 
or, or government, you know what I'm saying? Or corporatism or corporate oligarchy, whatever you want to call it. Have we entered that already? And is it just a false sense of reality? And if it is, but the constitution still exists, we at least have that. Well, you're talking about, yeah, the freedom. Paul, can you, could you have bought this house without going to the government? No. Could you drive your car no. without going to the government? No. Could you not pay your taxes? Technically, I, I mean, I could, but I would, I would probably <laughs> would it catch get up to you eventually. Yeah, and it and it did. It it almost cost me buying this house. Right. So, I, so yeah. I mean, you you know, you get you get your paycheck. Oh, hey, look, there's taxes on there. You want to go buy milk and bread? Oh, hey, they tax that too. You come to a, you come home to a house that you paid property tax on when you bought it, and guess what? Every year you pay taxes on it. Then you drive to work in the car. Guess what? That they tax you on. But 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 it, so. My refute, my refute to that would be is that in, at least in America, you still have the opportunity to pursue however much, however much amount of money that you want to get, which would make those things easier. You're still going to have to deal with those types of things, but financially, you'd be able to handle those with no problem. I mean, as far as you can, you you have opportunities to grow as yeah. far as uh, what you want to do in life and how much money you want to earn. I guess what I'm saying is the dream is still there. You can still achieve yeah. whatever dream it is that you want to do uh, financially, which it is extremely harder to do now if you're uh, a Republican, um, at least from the mainstream narrative, because they're deeming all those people. Right. You know, I mean, Patreon, YouTube, all these accounts getting taken down, and now they're having uh, leftist type of channels getting taken down as well. But, right. But not to the extent of the right wing. Um, so it is tough. It's, yeah. a very, it's a very tough climate that a lot of people see themselves in. Yeah. A lot of livelihoods have been lost. And, and that's what I'm saying, Dan, is just I don't know how truly how free we really are. And maybe there's well, no longer a free country in the world. Here's the difference between us and everybody else. And this is how this is how it is that we're free. Okay. At any point in time, all of us can sit down and look at the Constitution and say, this is the agreement that we have. And and the agreement is not being adhered to. And so we are ready to force it. Nobody else on the face of the planet has that option. Nobody. You know, we are not the freest country on the face of the planet. We are the only free country. Because, you know, when when you can do something, when you are allowed to do something as a privilege, that can be taken away at any time. So it's a privilege. It's not a freedom. You know, you can you can choose to do it or not if it's a freedom. If it's a privilege, the choice has already been made for you. You're allowed to do it or you're not. Right. And we've we've allowed this this authoritarian encroachment, but we can we can take that back any time that we want. And all that's required is that is that each of us take the time to read and understand the Constitution and say, okay, you know what? This is the agreement. This is this is where we're going to start. Right. We've never fully implemented this this, and it's something that. It's not about governing me and you. It's about us deciding what our government can and can't do. There's nobody else on the, no country on the face of the planet that has that, that the people have that authority unless they just decide to rise up and violently overthrow their government. And inevitably, what ends up happening every time that they do that, they don't get what we get. You know, they don't get what we, what we've got here they end up getting a dictatorship all over again. It's just a different face. Right. Well, it's like Japan, they started their protest again, didn't they? I, I could have swore I saw something. They started their protest again because they were protesting last year before COVID China. hit. China? Yeah, I thought it was Japan. Hong Kong? Was it Hong Kong? Yeah. Oh, okay. 
yeah, they were protesting before COVID hit, and then COVID hit, and then boom, disappeared. I thought I saw something that it's coming back already. Yeah, they're starting mm-hmm. to protest. China's taking over Hong Kong, and hardcore, then d- doing you know holding up American flags and saying you know looking at us as a, as an example of freedom. You know, to Dan's point, you know they're looking at other countries, looking at us, saying, "Hey, you're the last big guy that stands for freedom." You know, stand up and take it. And that's that's you know that's why we are you know that's that whole idea of freedom. That's why we are the beacon of of freedom is because we have a constitution that was not written by the government for the people. This is one that was written by the people for the government. Yeah. Right. This is our agreement about what it is the government can do or should do. And and it's got to stay within those bounds. And just like, you know, being being the 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 adult, you know, if you go out someplace and you come back and you've left this rule this this list of rules for your kids and they didn't do anything about it, you know, it's up to you to decide what you're going to do about that. Right. If they decide to just disobey all the rules that you've that you've set forth, you know, you can say, OK, well, it's really not that big a deal. I didn't really care about it, you know, and you can let them get away with it two or three times. And then, the you know, the, the fourth or fifth time you go, OK, you know what? I've had enough. I told you guys what the rules are. I know I didn't enforce them, but, you know, I'm the adult in this situation and I'm taking back my authority. Yeah. You guys are all doing this now. Well, and the thing about that is, is the Constitution, the rules that that are there and that are in place allow for the most utmost freedom. So it's not like, I mean, if you're if you're disobeying those types of rules, then something's probably wrong with you because the Constitution allows an extremely amount of freedoms and allows you to be who you are and what you want to be. So it's not like it, it, what I'm saying is it would be extremely hard to go against those types of rules. You know, I mean, just to be free and don't harm anyone. And, and go about your business, how much easier does it get than that? Mm-hmm. It doesn't get any easier than that. And that's just what scares me is that we're entering a phase where you don't even have to harm someone now to get in trouble. You can get arrested for calling someone a name <laughs> on the internet. Mm-hmm. Like, that's crazy. I mean, not, not in the United States yet, but, I mean, it's eventually, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? It happened in the U.K., Called a, right. you know, someone called a trans a, a, a name that they didn't, uh, you know, they called them a, a separate gender that they claimed that they were, and she got arrested. Wow. Got arrested, man. In Very, front of her kids. In front of her kids. It wasn't like this was a single lady. This was a woman who got arrested in front of her kids. Wow. Yeah, lot, laptop and phone got seized. They, they they still have her laptop and phone for an uh, ongoing investigation. She spent seven hours in jail. I didn't know that. For gender uh, miss, or I don't forget the word, but appropriation yeah. or whatever yeah. gender yeah gender appropriation or whatever it was jesus. But yeah jesus but we still have that that small hope of freedom and we'll continue to enjoy that freedom and continue to have podcasts like this and hopefully people <laughs> listen and understand what the constitution is right exactly 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 you and you know the thing too this? is it is that it the 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 great thing about the constitution is it's not it's 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 an agreement that we have but it's not it's not something that is that is uh, dictatorial on all of us. So you know, like we were talking about earlier, if Blake and I disagree about something that's in the Constitution, we can go back to that foundation and we can look at it and say, who's right? You know, who is it that's that's right? If we just look at it as not who can get the government to do what they want, but what does the Constitution say about my position? 
you know, and, and if whichever side it runs down on, there is a, there is a way for us to say, you know what, you have a legitimate idea. You have a, you have a, a, a good idea or I have a good idea, but it's not allowed in the constitution. Right. And if it's not, it's up to the people to decide, not the government, right. not the local right. state, not the locals or the state. I mean, you, the governments, it's the people who decide. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've gotten away from is the people deciding our future of what it holds and what it is that are laws that we all are uh, subjected to. The people haven't had a voice in that for 100, 150 years, like you said, mm-hmm. when the whole idea of it was that we are the ones with the voice. That's what we have to get back to. Right. Not these billionaires, millionaires, mm-hmm. these politicians making hundreds of thousand dollars a year, lifelong politicians, people who sit in the Senate for 40 years, people mm-hmm. who are cognit- cognitively just not able to even perform as a president, but is the president. I'm sorry, I'm going to say it. Joe Biden should be in an <laughs> old folks home. I'm sorry, Mr. President. I love America. I always, I'll back any president that's the president of the United States, but you are not fit. I'm sorry. It's just not the what? case, man. You probably are wearing diapers. <laughs> I'm serious. He probably is. Mm-hmm. It's it's cringy. You know, it's cringy to watch him talk. I'm. It's hard. It is, and then and then one of the other things that you'll notice is that every time that he makes an appearance, <clears throat> either Jill Biden or Kamala Harris or even both of them are right there. They are right there with him. He him. is he is under he is he is under a or has a short leash on him. They are ready to step in at a moment's notice if he starts going off track. And this is not to bash Joe Biden. It's just sad that we've allowed this to happen. Right. It's just very sad. And and but even before that, I mean, again, this guy's a lifelong politician. The yeah. things he said, the things he's done that he's done is it's just amazing that someone like that can reach that amount of power. From him in the 70s to saying the N-word, like blatantly, and, and I don't know if it was in Congress that he said it, but he legitimately said the N-word with an ER. It was crazy. There's video of him saying it. Mm-hmm. The way he acts towards children, it's it's disgusting. Right. And, na- and even now, he's old and unfit. <laughs> My question to you, Paul, is what... So, say we have the... The government, like you're talking in the Constitution, where it's a contract between the people, where we don't have these people in office. So, I mean, do we need an office? Like, is there should there is there a way that the, we like you know that we could just say we're gonna have a community gathering? We're all gonna you know be here at five. Paul's wife's gonna bring some baked goods. We'll decide on this matter. I mean, is is that I mean, is that something that you know obviously it, it'd be a lot more difficult now with the the size of you know how the size of everything. I mean, the country. That's how many people. Three hundred thirty million yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a lot of people to get together. You know. Um, you are Johnny. I'm not. I'm not Johnny. <laughs> I promise you, I'm not. Does Johnny talk about Paul's wife too? That's he weird. talks about population a lot. Oh yeah, I don't care about population. Yeah. But, Johnny uh, said the same thing. It's the chair, so man. That, maybe it's the chair. Maybe we just have similar. <laughs> I don't know. But the uh, you know, but is that so? Is that something that's so you know? To get away from the the system we have in place, you know, to to be able to, I mean, would that be the the purest way to kind of reclaim our rights, you know, given to us in the Constitution? Okay, well, well, not to be, you know, like a grammar Nazi or nothing like that, but but the Constitution does not grant us any rights. 
The Constitution recognizes our rights and then places restrictions on the government with respect to those rights. So and that may seem us- like a small point. That may seem like I'm making something big out of something trivial, but it really is, it, it's a change in thought that, that in perspective that really makes a big difference. So it gives us the ability to exercise, like so. So, so dumb it down for me. That's what I'm asking, I guess. So, so we have the ability to exercise, like so. It's not rights, is what you're saying, but it, so it's just restrictions on what rights we already have, I guess. So, like our unlimited rights. So it's like so. What it is 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 when there's a right listed in the Constitution, that right is put in there not because we have a certain number of rights, right? The Constitution only lists certain rights because those are the ones that are most under threat from intrusion by the government. And so the right is listed in order to make it so that definite duties, obligations, restrictions, and prohibitions can be placed on the government action with respect to that right. Like the Fourth Amendment is a great one to talk about when we when we talk about that, you know, because the Fourth Amendment places a restriction on the, our right to be secure, places a restriction on the government with respect to our right to be secure. So in other words, what it says is, is you know, and, and, it, and it talks about within our property, you know, or persons, property, and, and um, papers, right? But it places a restriction on the government that says, you've got to prove first that you have a reason to be doing this. And it can't be just because you dreamed up something, you know, you, you woke up in the morning and you said, Hey, I want to go check out this guy's stuff. No, there's gotta be something that you've done. There's gotta be probable cause, right? And probable cause is not something that, that grants the government anything. Probable cause is what they have to have in their hands when they go to the court to get a warrant to search you or to seize anything. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I get what you're saying. I mean, it, it's. I know it sounds like a, a trivial thing. It sounds like it's. You know, it sounds like I'm making a mountain out of a molehill with this, but but it's it's essential to understand that, that there's there's a a whole flip that has to happen with a lot of people's thinking about these things and understanding that the Constitution is there to protect you from the government. And the, when the whatever the government says about the Constitution, just expect that it's a lie, that they are lying to you about what it is that they are allowed to do and what your right is. Like um, the Plain View Doctrine. Y'all know what that is? Mm-mm. No. Okay, if a police officer walks up to your car and he can see something in plain view, that gives him the right okay, yeah. to, to uh-huh. act. That is completely and totally illegal. That is 100% illegal right now say you kidnap somebody that's a completely different situation because now we've got a situation where he can see that there's somebody in the car right who's bound and gagged okay exactly what the hell's going on here right well that's the point you're talking about somebody got a shotgun in the back seat right he's got no that's none of his business does that make sense yeah Mm mm-hmm yeah, those are some small things. Mm-hmm. I think we're, what were you asking, Blake, was like, I don't know, like grassroots movement, like how do we start now like to get yeah, those so, freedoms, so, freedoms back? To, like, do you, you know, have It small... seems like there's a lot of steps to, you know, having just basically to 
the governing forces, you know, like there's a lot like, so if we want change, like what would it be like if, you know, the, they were coming to us more so, I guess, than us having to go to them to change things. You know, if they said, hey, we'd really like to, you know, tax you guys, we'd be like, we could you know, obviously say no, or we could say yes. But at the, just, if the whole, I guess, is the infrastructure, was the infrastructure always there, or is that something that's been created? You know, it seems like, like you were saying, like you have lifelong politicians, all these people that make all this money, and, you know, what are they, what are they doing that's actually very weird to think about, Dan, like what it would be like if the government asked us like how like if they how if they asked us instead of us asking them, how would that work and what would it look like? I guess is that kind of what you're asking? Yeah, I mean, is that, you know, we're talking about total freedom and I, I, you know, I feel like we are the like you said, the only free country in the world. You know, I mean, we definitely we have the American dream where you could just come here and do you know, you could do live to your heart's content. So yeah, mm-hmm. but the government asking well, us—that's different. <laughs> or like just attaining that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, attaining that, and yeah, the two-part question. Well, you, this is this. I'll get into exactly what what you were asking, Blake. But one of the things that's important to understand about about how great this country is is that we are. Uh, we're less than five percent of the global population, and we're still responsible for thirty percent of the of the global economy, right? And that is basically because of the freedoms that we have that that um, you know these authoritarians have been trying to take back from us. But in order to get to that spot, one of the things that I think is is essential um, is for all of us to actually understand what the contract the constitution says and what it sets up because um you know paul and i talked about this the last time that that we were talking was that um my idea if we're going to reform things my idea is you know carl has some great ideas blake you've got some great ideas and paul's got some great ideas and johnny does and you know jesse does and all that stuff how about we do this before we start trying to implement anybody's great idea? How about if we just start with what we have? Let's start with the Constitution and let's implement that literally. Let's let's go by the exact word of the Constitution and just implement that and then see what happens and then figure out what problems are and how we can correct them. Because if we go by the implementation of the Constitution, one of the things that ends up happening that solves a lot of the problems that we have and Paul and I've talked about this before is the militia, you know, and, and when we talk about when, whenever that word comes up, everybody seems to think of, you know, uh, people in camo running around playing soldier in the woods and stuff, but it's a lot more, it's a lot more complex than that. There should be nothing wrong. And I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I feel like just being an American, um, we don't necessarily, I mean, we represent it all the time, but like to be a part of a militia, like as a you know a thirty a thirty year old male, like it would be cool. Like if the government paid or whoever, however it works within the constitution, that I learn how to protect my community. I think that would mm-hmm. be cool, and it's just something that everyone has to do. Every male or even female has to, at some point in their life they have to understand what it is to be a part of a militia in case something happens. Right. I think there's there a place be, for everybody in it. Yeah, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. No, no. I mean, there's it. It really is. It's it's one of those things that, 
again, the you know we have we have been indoctrinated, and and I include myself in this because you know um, we've talked about this before. Is that is that I didn't come to these views that I have now. You know, I, these are not these the views that I had 30 years ago are are not the views that I have now. You know, this has been an evolution, and it's been a whole lot of getting rid of bad ideas, things that I was told. Like the you know the whole idea that that uh, the Supreme Court has some kind of authority to interpret the Constitution, it's like no. My children don't get the 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 authority to interpret my rules, you know. They either understand them or they don't, you know. If they don't understand them, I'll explain them better. But they don't get to make up their own version of them, and apply that. That just is not the way it works. And and being able to to step back and look at all that stuff and and say okay how is how is all this stuff supposed to supposed to work has kind of led me to the to the idea that that's the essential thing would be let's start with a foundation let's 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 get ourselves a clean foundation and say okay the government has been out of control for a long time if we look at at the tools that we have at our disposal to fix that one of the biggest ones would be the militia. Implementing the militia solves our police problem, right? Yeah. I mean, we've talked about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How, yeah. How much? How much crime is going to be happening in your neighborhood when you know everybody in the neighborhood already knows, you know, who's got what and and already knows everybody, and we're in constant communication because we got to be. And the greatest example, right? and and you, whenever you and Johnny had this discussion, Johnny said like, "Hey, like if I want to call the police and someone's in my house." Police is going to take a couple minutes to get to my house. Maybe oh, yeah. depending on where you are, it could be longer. Yeah. But if I'm your next door neighbor and I hear some ruckus going on and I head over to your house, like I'm the militia, I'm there to help you. Like I can take action. But right now, like doing that, you know, I'm jeopardizing my life and I could be put behind bars. You know what I'm saying? You know, the, all the scenarios that happened, but that was one of the points that Johnny made was like, we as we, we, the people should be able to, step into a situation like that and act, and have a say as well. Like you said earlier about getting sued, if you go to somebody else's house and defend something that's not yours, then you are liable now right. instead of being the homeowner. Yeah. You know, because as a homeowner, if you if you stand your ground and shoot somebody, it's a little different than me running over to your house, Paul, and helping you out. Right. If there's an intruder. At that point that I'm, it's not my house, not my property. It has nothing to do with me. I, I, because I actually did go through a, a, a conceal and carry class. So, and one of the things that did, they did teach you those that if something like that is happening, don't inter, don't interject yourself because you could get in more trouble. Because again, mm-hmm. it doesn't concern you. You know, well, it concerns you if if you're my neighbor and That's you're what like Dan's saying though, is to bring the militia. Yeah, you know, right. As a, as a as a you know like a member of the community, as a member of the militia, he was saying like you'd be well within your rights to to you know like you're talking about to help your neighbor. I mean, it's just the way it's set now. You'd get in trouble for that it, it pursued uh, arrested you know w- whatever it may be so the first thing militia for sure right and then to go hand in hand with what you're talking about now we start looking at if a situation like that occurred the police don't get a say about it even if they still exist because what our what our our constitutional judicial judicial system looks like is there are no da's there are no prosecutors. The cops don't get a say. If you say a crime was committed, we have to go to a jury, and a jury is the one who decides that. Not only does the jury decide that, whether it was a crime or not, they also decide the punishment. 
legislatures get no say in that. And that's right? not to say that in, in today's technology, people are like, well, how does that work? There's still going to be evidence. There still could be forensic evidence and stuff like that. It still applies. It all still works. There's still ways to prevent or to present evidence to a jury with the Constitution implemented in its fullest. Mm-hmm. Well, look, you know, I mean, imagine this. You you go into you go into the the you say that there there's a crime that has been committed, right? You've got pictures you can take of somebody breaking into your house or of the injuries that you've sustained from something and you explain your story and you're telling your story, not to the people who live in the next County over, but you're explaining the story to the people right there who are in that area. There is nothing in the constitution that says that I have to come into that as an ignorant individual, right? This is all stuff that's been, that's been put onto us. That makes no sense. Right. If the if the the newspaper has published a story about it and I read it, that doesn't disqualify me as a juror. Right. I just simply have to be able to go in there and say, okay, this is the information that I got from the newspaper. But here's the the information that I'm being presented with here. Right. Right. Which one seems to be facts? Because the jury is 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 deciding this both in law and fact. And you present your information and you are more credible than the newspaper. So I believe you, right? Because you've got some facts and information that back up what you're saying that makes the stuff that I read in the newspaper false. I mean, does that make, does that make sense? I know I'm, 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 I'm doing this with a whole bunch of, of imaginary scenarios, but I mean, if you, it, it definitely makes sense, if you, you know, as you're, as you're explaining it. And I mean, it, it sounds like, like, you know, like you've kind of been, or maybe Paul, but, but we've been talking about how, you know, we do have, you know, lots of freedoms that, you know, aren't necessarily totally taken advantage of. I mean, I would, I would agree with you a hundred percent, you know, that when, I mean, whenever they do select a jury, they, you know, they try to, they have people, I mean, I've never had to do it, but I haven't people either. would have done it. Like my sister, she got called for jury duty. And she got disqualified as a juror because it, the particular case that she was on um, was a car accident. And somebody, like, broke their ankle or broke a leg. They broke something. So, And one of the questions that disqualified her was that they asked if she's ever broken something and, had to, and went through, you know, medical insurance and, 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 and the doctors and had to deal with that. And so they disqualified her based on that, saying that she could be biased towards yeah and don't they pick these people though like don't you you get to say like well i don't like that that juror like they you know i mean so it's it's not you know they're they're trying to stack the deck both both attorneys come in like i want juror number four and they're like okay juror number four is okay i want jury number 17 so implement the constitution and and get rid of all of that you know it's people in the community people who were there who saw the crime or you know what i'm saying people in that surrounding area and that could still be biased as well, right? I don't know the answer to like try and get rid of something like yeah, that. Paul's because... a shitty neighbor and he's always noisy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I might not. I might not be on Paul's side. Right. You know, that might, that's I always going to inherently yeah. exist in human beings. But I think if you were to keep it in where the crime happened locally, within a certain, you know, I mean, it definitely would be more beneficial for sure. Hundred percent. Right. But I mean, imagine, imagine this though. You you have decided that that. Paul's a shitty neighbor and, and, you know, you, you know, that, right. 
But you get into a room with with nine or eleven other people, and the facts point in a different direction. How many of those people do you think you know? There's there's going to be people in there that are going to go. Okay, listen, I can see that you're biased about this. You just need to let that go because yeah. this is what happened. You don't you don't have to like him. It goes, right? You it, don't have to like him. You don't have to change your opinion about him. But you definitely have got to get on board with what we see, oh, or sure. else you know, tell us what we're missing. Right. Yeah, present better evidence, basically. You'd be in a room with that many people who would let you get off with that. Before we started the podcast, and, and I think we're, we're going to have to cut it here shortly, Dan, you had mentioned, and I had asked you before we started the podcast about if you're ever going to write a book. And then you had, <laughs> you had made a great point, and I think it pertains to the topic that we're talking about right now, is we've gotten away from facts. We've gotten away from facts, and I think whenever you apply situations when we're talking about jury duty and implementing the Constitution— and not going through the process that your sister had to go through and to get denied. Yeah. To have it locally or people who were actually there and witnessed it and all that type of stuff, we've gotten away from facts, right? Or what we perceive as facts or what, you know, whatever humans see and they see it to be true. Yeah, perception, yeah. We've gotten away from that. And you can be fed in one direction, you can be fed in another direction, you can be fed so many different directions right now. And you have so many people believing so many different things that will never, ever, ever, ever in a million years be able to come and get together like the Constitution suggests that we should and live in. And the biggest thing for me and the biggest question that I have every day that I wake up and I'm at work and I'm like, what, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And I hate the fact that I, that I, that I don't like work. You know, I, I, what I'm doing right now for a living, I, I don't enjoy, but it is more, it is more lucrative to my family amount of time I get to spend with him. But I'm just like, I'm wondering like in my head and having these types of conversations with you, if the constitution were implemented in its fullest, life would be very different. Opportunities would be different. Things would just be so much more different than what they are now. And in, in my opinion, because we have just been led astray, and I just hate the fact that everyone just believes so many different things. And so many things are, are and okay, that's fine. It's America. And I, I don't know. I'm going off on a tangent here. But the amount of propaganda and lies that are be that are allowed to be had to the mass amounts of populations is just it's crazy, man. I don't know where I was going with that. Sorry. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> I just kinda well, I'll, I'll, I'll one thing. Go ahead, Carl. No, no, I was just saying it was beautiful what Paul said. He didn't know where it was going, but I let him know it was good. Thank you. Yeah, I thought it was good too. And one thing that I that I would get out of that is is the fact that that you know, one of the big differences that we would see is a whole lot less corporate control. Corporations themselves are so essentially inefficient that it would be impossible that, for them to survive in a situation where you and I were able to go into business and compete against them. Right. That's they do. They do one thing and they push that one thing as far as they possibly can. And they they are willing to sacrifice quality for profit. It's all about the Whereas line. the individual generally is looking at it like, would I produce this? I'm I'm going to produce this thing, and would I use it? You know, my name's on this. Yeah, would you put your name on it? Right, my name's on this. You know, and I'm gonna I'm gonna sell it to you, or I'm gonna give it to you. However, we decide to to, to do that, and and my reputation is on the line with this and corporations on the other hand, 
they're willing to invest in a huge amount of resources in producing as much crap as they possibly can and then figuring out a way to thrust it on us. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. The current climate that we're in is it's just not sustainable, I guess is what I was trying to say on that rant. And that human, the, the human in, uh, directive on where humanity should go, uh, I don't think anyone has the answer to that, but right now where we're currently heading is not the right direction. And I think we could head in a different direction that would be better for everyone, more beneficial for everyone and their families and friends. Um, and I think, again, implementing the Constitution would lead to a better lifestyle for everyone and a better future for, for our kids and for humanity. Because, again, the, f the future that we're heading in is no future I want anyone to live in. When you talk about these corporations that own absolutely everything, they're pushing this one product that they're so good at pushing, and you have 100 different companies that are making all this money while we're making just fucking scraps, man. That, right. that to me, that's no future that anyone wants to live in, and that's the future that we're heading towards. So... I don't know, man, but Dan, I'll, uh, sorry. I know that Blake's got to get out of here, so um, I'll hit you up here shortly. I'm going to go outside and just chill with him for a little bit, and then if you're still up, man, I'll, I'll shoot you a call, and we can talk a little bit if you're not heading to, head, hitting the sack, my man. I'll be up. It's been riveting and educational, sir. I was very yeah. unprepared, but I, I do appreciate your time and your knowledge. Well, I look forward to having another conversation, and you know, hopefully, hopefully in between now and then you all get a chance to read at least some of the Constitution. And and kind of you know see what it is that I'm I'm going on about yeah because I, I really I really think that that when people start to read it and and really educate themselves about it as being the foundation of America um, you know rather than the government being the foundation of America that that you know it 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 makes a big difference in in your thinking and perspective about our place in the world essentially yeah we are the, you you and I. You and I are the ones who are going to be leading the world to a better place, to to real freedom. And, and all that we are seeing right now is a continuation of the war that started in 1775. This is the war has been going on since then. We beat them back a few times, and then they just figured out that all they had to do was just sit back and figure out a way to attack us from within. And that's what they've been doing ever since, trying to figure out ways to take us down. But the Constitution is so strong that even with all these attacks, it's been able to survive up till today. They're still fighting it. Yeah. Right. This bill that you you know that we started out talking out talking about in the first place, what HR one twenty seven? Yes, sir. Yeah. That's that's them coming still trying to attack the Constitution. All right. And at any point in time, we get to we just get to stand up and just swipe the whole board and say, "Okay, this game's over. That's it. This is what this is what the Constitution says. This is what you must do. You are not allowed to do these things." And the and the 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 real concern that they have is that people like me and you are going to read it and discuss it and leave them out of the conversation. Be like, "No, Nancy Pelosi, we don't need to hear nothing from you. You don't you don't have anything to say." Right. Get a new bra to fix your saggy tits and just shut up. <laughs> oh, that's a good way to end it right you there. Right? That better be your opening. <laughs> I know. Right? Yeah, just that's just the first thing. Yeah. Somebody clicks the podcast in the morning. Get a new bra when Nancy Pelosi fix your tits. Yes. That's a good one. <laughs> well, damn, man, we appreciate you coming on the show as always, man. Talk Junkies always appreciates you coming on. 
I think you, uh, it's the Facebook page is still up. It's the Constitution of Us, correct? That's it, right? Yeah, go on Facebook, check out the Constitution of Us. That's how you can find Dan and, and where they're posting things about the Constitution. You can also find Dan here on Talk Junkies. We've had multiple co- podcasts. Go back to the guest playlist. We've probably had up close to ten now, would be my guess, on the amount of times that we've talked and the amount of information that we're trying to or knowledge that we're trying to spread to people. Thanks for joining, my man. Anytime, I love it. Yes, Dan, Dan. good night. You too, Dan. Nice meeting you. It's nice seeing you on this side of the camera for once. Yeah, yeah. Carl's an it's avid listener, man. Carl, I look forward to, to talking with you guys again. Yeah, I hope I get to talk to you again. Oh, yeah. I'll be around, so you give me a call. All right. Yeah, yeah, I will, man. Thank you. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Dan joining Talk Junkies once again, and thank you, Carl. Thank you, Blake, for joining us. No, 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 not yet, not yet. Um, uh, again, we're on Spotify, we're on iTunes, we're on YouTube. We've always been on YouTube, but we're on all the major podcast networks right now. I, I want to thank you, Carl and Blake, for coming on to the show, man. I, re- I really do appreciate that. That it's means a, a lot to me. Always a good time here in the uh, Talk Junkie basement dwelling. Yes. See, now, I, now I know why you called Talk Junkies because it's like addicting to oh, sit yeah. here and do this. Yeah, man. It, it, it is. Because knowing that it's 1130 and I got to get up at 430 to go to work. Yeah, and I'm supposed to be on and 45 minutes and I don't want to go. I don't want to leave. See Carl's yeah. raging boner. I do. <laughs> it's where you're it's like, I'm gonna call you back, Dan. Like fuck, I kind of want to stay. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys are gonna come back soon. But the best thing you guys could do is like this video. Um, whenever you hit the like button, uh, act like it's a cup of coffee and it's got all that caffeine in it. Then you drink it, and once you drink it, you're so pumped that you hit the subscribe button. That's what you need to do right now. Share the shit out of this video to all our junkies out there. Stay fly and ring the bell. <laughs>